Gardening Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday mornings come around again, and it's time for Let's Talk Gardening. And good morning to you, dear Faye. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Chris. My pleasure to be sitting in this week for Ray. Oh, it's lovely to have you here. It's lovely to be here, and I hope she's having a lovely weekend. Before we go any further, though, let's just remind our good listener, today's show is sponsored by Soil Solver, Landscape Industries Association Product of the Year, because... This answer does always lie in the soil. Isn't that the truth? Oh, absolutely, Chris. And hasn't it been drying out quickly in between the rains? So there's more rain tomorrow, though? I heard. Uh, Showers tomorrow, it says 70% and then uh, 60% on Monday. Wow. that's Uh, You know, the season is just mm. going on and on. The weeds Mm. have been going crazy. Haven't they? Oh, I've I've weeded one area four times Mm. with the... The rain and the intermittent mm. sunshine. Oh, the, the well, whole garden is just looking wonderful. I come home from the mine and I look at it and I go, okay, I'll weed this this week and I get rid of it. And you think, right, that's done. Yes. Done, <laughs> it fixed. You come back two weeks later, it's there again. I know. And you think, these are incredibly resilient uh, weeds, we call them, but plants of an extraordinary stoic nature. And you know what, Chris, I thought, right, let's go through and we'll get all those winter weeds out of the garden mm-hmm. and we'll be able to have a nice break. Yep. And... Wouldn't you know it? Now the summer weeds, the crabgrass is popping through. So yes. when you weed, you've then got to top that mulch up and put a blanket on the soil. Yeah. Not a bad word about Mother Nature, but she really is playing some games with us this year. Oh, well, keeps us on our toes. But let's turn from the side of weeds to the rewards. Are we seeing oh. a wonderful growth this year, profusion of, of colour and growth? Well, I think so. I've just done a wander around the garden this morning, Chris, and, you know, this is a spring that's just gone on and on. The roses, the blooms have been hanging in there. There's a lot of colour. The insects are out. People have been seeing blue-banded bees right across Perth. Wow. It's, yeah. And I know you love your bees. Things are buzzing. I do. I sure do. And I do love not only them, but the birds too. I love the sound of birds. I know a lot of people think they've disappeared in Perth, but I, around my place they've been fairly noisy. Mm, but I do love the buzz. Yes. We'll come back to We will. To Let's get to our first caller of the morning because we welcome your calls for the next two hours on any subject to do with gardening on 94841927. We're going to Shelley, our first caller this morning. Keith, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Keith. How are you? Oh, I am fine, thank you. I've just been out in the garden and trimmed all around the lawn and got out nicely watered for the well day. Well done, well done. Uh, and it's looking beautiful and green now. So. Oh. Well, you're off to a good start this weekend. <laughs> well, I've treated it all through the winter. The winter weeds with weed and feed, and it seems to have done the trick. Oh, excellent. But anyway, uh, frangipanis, it was uh, would it be about uh, May, April, May last year. I phoned the station about some cuttings that I put in, uh, which took extremely well, and uh, right up to uh, probably a couple of months ago, we've had uh, I've had some beautiful uh, flowers on them. Uh, three of the five plants 
uh, the leaves have all fallen off and they've started sprouting again. Now, the other two have still got leaves on them, which are still a bit reluctant to uh, to fall, but they have started to sh- uh, sprout small leaves again. Now, one of them uh, that I planted, I rather mistakenly um, put it, I think, too near the kitchen window. Now, what would be the best time to move that plant? I, I think you could do it at any time, but probably the sooner the better because the the bigger it gets and the more roots it puts down, the harder it will be to move it. I would take as much of the root ball as you can so that you're not disturbing the roots. And so by doing that, I would also give it a drink of a seaweed concentrate so the soil is, is very moist. And you can, if it's not been in that long, you you could just about get that whole root ball on the shovel of a spade. Uh, that's fine, yeah. They're, they're all round about, um, uh, I should say, under two feet tall at the moment. So they're just nice-sized plants. But I know that in time they are going to grow to quite uh, quite a large tall tree sort of thing. So, uh, mm. yeah, so if I can move that one pretty shortly, find another place for it. I, I was a bit worried, fun. Keith. I was following what you were saying and thinking, what what is the problem here? But your cuttings sound fantastic. Once uh, they they leaf up, you can start feeding them, and and just try not to disturb those roots when you're moving them, and make sure you stake it well so it's not yeah. wobbling around in the ground. That's really important. Yeah, I have uh, already given them a couple of doses of um, uh, sea salt when I've watered them because obviously. Where they are, the ground has, has got pretty dry between the uh, uh, rain that we've had. So to buck them up a bit, I've given them a good drink of uh, sea salt solution. And I say they are, those that are sprouting are looking really good again. So. Okay. Now the other thing is if the ground is dry, you could add a clay and compost to permanently improve the soil and a good layer of mulch. That will be very helpful and a complete fertiliser, something for flowering and fruiting plants because what we need to do is give them the nitrogen for the leaves, the potassium and the phosphorus and that will boost the flowers, the colour and and help them overall. Yeah, I did uh, last year before I planted them, I did put some soil, uh, dip some soil solver into the soil right. and uh, dug in some dynamic lifter as well to give them a good start. So, okay. Well, now is their growing time, so now you need to feed them. Okay. So uh, would you suggest uh, the, uh, um, the same as before, the uh, dynamic lifter or something else? No, I think having done that when you did it is great, but now I think something, uh, a controlled release fertiliser, something for six months to get them over the summer. Okay, yeah, that's fine. And that's a safe one because it won't burn the roots. Okay, bye, Keith. Thank you, Keith. He's the first off the block this morning and very fast too on the phone. Uh, 94841927 if you needed to be reminded of the numbers or alternatively if you can't sit on the phone and wait for your turn to come up, send us an email, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Back to the calls in the moment, but let's talk about who's on the show this morning, Faye. You've got some good guests on the phone. We have, yes. Tell me. We've got Clive Blazy and he is 
royal uh, horticultural royalty, Chris. Oh, He's oh. been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife, Penny, set up um, Diggers Club. Yep. And he started off at Heronswood, I believe. And they're responsible for the preservation of heirloom varieties. They've become a a real thing in horticultural circles. A lot of people become members and they Mm. get the seed catalogue sent out. You can buy a lot of varieties through them that you can't get elsewhere. What what, what are heirloom varieties? uh, Older varieties. you know, not hybridised, yep, they're yep. back to the originals. So oh. over, over time, a lot of things have changed. Yes. Um, the the plants or the fruits that you see in the shops sometimes are hybrid varieties. Mm-hmm. They've been grown and cultivated so that they perhaps last longer, mm-hmm. they store better, they, they look better. better. Yes, all these things, mm-hmm. Chris. But back in the olden days... There was the great tasting fruits, and yes. and they didn't have to be transported. Mm. Like tomatoes are probably one of the best examples because sometimes you'll buy tomatoes from the supermarket, mm-hmm. and they look fantastic. They look red, and they they look firm, and they're not squishy in the packet. But where's the flavour? Yes, and they're missing. They're red. Well, <laughs> you know, you can get striped tomatoes and orange tomatoes mm. and mm. pear shaped tomatoes. The list is endless. Mm. So Diggers Club. And, uh, the, and these are on offer. these are the originals. This is what the plant was way back before mm. it was played around with by the scientists and those that are uh, interested in perhaps just variegating the uh, the particular vegetable or the the plant, as you said. So Clive has taken this on. Is that part of the Diggers Club? Is that what they do? Well, that's wow. that's where they started. Heronswood is an iconic property. It's on many of the botanic garden tours and it's oh, just a delight. They've got all a lot of plants growing there. You yep. can wander around the gardens. It's well maintained. It's just a feast for the eyes. Uh, they've also taken on other gardens, St mm. Earth and Cloud Hill. So sp- spectacular gardens to look at. Talking of gardens... Do you know of any open gardens this weekend? It's that season, isn't it? Oh, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Chris, um, Open Gardens WA have got their final event for the year. It is a ticketed event. And I spoke to the landscape designer and owner of the garden, Ross Burnett. He works as a horticulturalist and he's built his house out of straw. Wow. He's, for some reason, chosen a sloping block with little water that backs onto John Forrest National Park and he's created an amazing garden that is very water-wise. So this is a ticketed event. You need to go to Open Gardens WA website or on Facebook for more details. Um, the, the garden itself is raising funds for a charity that's very close to his heart. It's called Connie's Care and it's in Africa and it's run... By the best friend of his sister and it, he describes it as an orphanage but it's more than an orphanage and there are no admin fees taken out of these funds the money goes directly to the people and he told me how during COVID they were teaching the villagers how to bake bread to sustain themselves yep. so yep. you know it's I think it's very flexible but they're they're all about helping people Wonderful. Connie's Care. Mm. So that's uh, Ross Burnett. And where is his garden? In Swanview. So details are on the website. Mm -hmm. 
Open Gardens WA. And while we wait for the uh, the next call to come through on nine four eight four one nine two seven, there is a garden festival tomorrow. There in is in the hills, and we will be speaking with Andrew Ascenton from Kalamunda Garden Festival about the free community event that's on tomorrow from eight till twelve at number five Barber Street in Kalamunda, which is the town centre, and he has put together an amazing festival. So it's just Sunday morning. Loads of stalls, very popular, plants galore, talks, music and entertainment. Wonderful. And food, of course. Yes, get in before the showers arrive, because the showers tomorrow are due to come in in the afternoon and early evening, so it would be good to get out there in the morning. Ah. If it's a morning like this. Oh, it's just wonderful gardening weather. But, yes, the, the Open Gardens WA, I have to probably put a disclaimer or a warning out, mm-hmm. because the problem is when you visit these gardens... You get ideas, Chris, mm. and you come home and you start pulling your own garden apart <laughs> and you have the need to buy more plants that you didn't know were out there. Mm. And uh, it's quite addictive, I have to say. <laughs> your first-hand evidence of this? Oh Well, it's my homework, course, isn't it? I have, to, I have to do these things. Mm-hmm. But I went to a garden up in the hills a few weeks ago, Bush Prelude, and it has a a natural bush area and loads of grass trees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I came home to my bush area and I went, "Mm, I think I can do a bit more with this. So I set about weeding into the bush Mm -hmm. and creating pathways and, (laughs) you know, because it's time to prepare for bushfire Mm -hmm. season, I've been getting branches trimmed and then chipped and so I have my own piles of mulch. Which now leads to something else, Chris, because there is a pest around called the shot hole borer. Yes, I've heard about that. It and, is Fremantle. Well, yes, but it's it's moving across uh, council areas. Now, Coburn has also been targeted, which is my area. So plant product, particularly branches, can't be moved from one place to another. So you need to maybe check the Deep Herd website. We did speak to Daryl Hardy a few weeks ago about it, mm-hmm. um, and I think we'll put that back on the topic list over the next couple of weeks just for an update. But the thing is, your ballpoint pen has a small tip, yes, and this is basically the size of the pinhead holes mm-hmm that you will find in damaged trunks. So the borer actually goes into the trunk and makes its hole and nests in there. One single, not not a variety of them, just a single entry? Who who knows? I would think that there'll be more than one and this is why it's causing dying back. So if you've got problems with trees, Mm -hmm. uh, inspect what is causing branches to die back. And, and no movement of timber in these areas? Correct. Okay. Well, the, the phones are starting to hot up now, so I think what we'll do is we'll take a short break and we will uh, come back. I'll just put that in the right place. I think uh, it's a good idea. And then we'll come back with our first call of the morning, second call of the morning, which will be Hazel. Curtain Radio. And it's 22 minutes past eight. Already the switchboard is getting very full of calls. As you call in, special request, one question per call, please. We can't just roll this on. We want to satisfy as many customers as possible. So keep your questions to one single and we'll give you satisfaction in no time at all. Our first guest coming up shortly, but Faye, let's go out to Warwick and talk to Hazel, who's got a, what may be a problem with her Cape Myrtle. Morning, Hazel. Hi, Hazel. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yes, this is a problem with my Cape Myrtle. 
I bought it about two years ago, 18 months, two years ago. And it was the very hot weather, which is a silly time to buy a plant, but anyway, I did. Um, it didn't look too well for a while, so I went back to the nursery and complained, and they suggested that I dig round it and put some... Um, oh, the multiple soil saver stuff in it. Oh, so compost and clay? Pardon? Was it compost and clay that you put around it? No, no, no. It was a, it was a mixed soil with compost in it. I can't remember its name. Okay. Anyway, I I put that round it and left it, and it, did, it didn't seem to look too good. The ends of the leaves seemed to be burnt, and it was very hot at the time, so I didn't sort of worry too much about that. Anyway, this winter, the whole garden had a full trailer load of cow manure put on. And, um, of course, you'll have plenty of rain to wash it. And in, in, since then, I've liquid fertilised it. And it started shooting again now. But I'm getting the same problem I noticed yesterday of the brown curly leaves mm. on some of them. Now, and Hazel, is it near a, a fence or a brick wall? Is it getting some reflective heat or wind damage? There is, there is, there is a fence, but it's not right upon it there's there's a hibiscus and a creeper on the fence and lots of other things that i don't think that will be the problem okay all right so it it does come down to soil or possibly some of the older crepe myrtles were susceptible to a powdery mildew but it it doesn't even sound Mm -hmm. like that are you able to send us a photo no i'm not very good with okay all right the, the other thing is, um, it does sound like your soil. Uh, so I would dig down, make sure the water is getting... Many years ago, I had a uh, lemon tree there and it just curled up and died. And um, why, I don't know. Okay. So it's not too far away from where that was. But it it, it certainly sounds like your soil. Now, if it was mine, I would have a little dig down to see what's going un- underground. It's possible that it's water repellent and it's not getting enough moisture. That's one possibility. But I, I urge you to investigate. Do that first and see what you find. You can always call us back. And the other alternative is you could take a leaf sample to your local nursery. Yes. Now, it was a bit lopsided because it's only about waist higher plant and it was lopsided. So in the winter, I chopped off the side that was, you know, needed chopping and there's new shoots coming. Now, it's, some of them look good. I just wanted, if I chopped off all the funny leaves, just see if it would just sprout. Absolutely. Your indicator will be in your new leaves. So dig down, have a look at the base of the, the plant and the soil and monitor the new leaves, okay? Thank you for that, Hazel. We wish you the best of luck. And, of course, call back. Tell us how progress uh, is with that particular cave myrtle and hopefully the problem that uh, is current, uh, Faye's been able to make a solution for you. It's uh, 26 minutes past eight. First guest of the morning is on the line, and it's Clive Blazy. Faye. Good morning, Clive. How do you do? <laughs> Very good. How how are things in Melbourne? Uh, well, we're, we're in overcast conditions. Um, I'm, I'm uh, actually planting a, 
an arboretum. So the fact that it's been incredibly wet and cool is absolutely fantastic. But um, unlike you guys, we've been in lockdown for so long, we'd love to get out and enjoy some sunshine, which I believe is what you have in um, space. We we have just had the best spring, intermittent <laughs> rain and sunshine and the freedom to get out to our nurseries. We've we've been very blessed. You just never stop, do you? You're you're an author, a gardener, and now you're building an arboretum. Um yeah, look, look my father um bought this fantastic piece of land which was the, I'm a sort of um uh, a bushwalker, uh, you know, went to uh, a boarding school for a whole year, just like um, Char- Prince Charlie, actually. So <laughs> I love the bush and I love trees. And um, a bit like him, I'm an or- organic gardener. So, um, but but um, yes, 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 you're right. We're in, we're in, uh, we've, we've done lots of um, interesting things, but my swan song, I think, is going to be planting an arboretum. I've been fascinated by trees for a long time, and um, we've we've got uh, almost the best conditions. We're right on the Goulburn River, so we've got plenty of water. We've got river flats, and um, I've been experimenting for 25 years uh, with getting that tree planting right, and, and now I've got hold of some experts who understand about silver culture as well as design. So... I'm, I'm rather hoping um, all that together will mean we don't make terribly many mistakes. But I'm, I'm also lucky that my daughter and my granddaughter are so passionate about gardening that uh, we collect uh, amongst ourselves as a family about 50 different uh, tree seeds as we need them to plant for our nursery. So we've got three generations really engaged at the moment. Oh, that's that's fantastic, Clive. And d- during your lockdown, of which you guys have had more than your fair share, is is that uh, how you came to sit down and write yet another book? Um, yeah. Look, I've been uh, look. I'm I've been a, a passionate um, uh, supporter of um, sorting out climate change. So, you know, I've been expecting people to start planting trees 30 or 40 years ago, and, and, and still we're not doing anything like enough. And, and if you really understand the issues of climate change, it's all about understanding uh, uh, photosynthesis. Um, if, we, if, we, if we plant trees and we lead a, a sustainable lifestyle and we grow our own food, we eat less meat, um, and we garden organically. These are all the things that most of us uh, gardeners do to some extent. We'd actually get a, a quicker solution to climate change than, you know, denying that um, you know climate is is a problem. So because I've had 30 years of, of getting frustrated about this, I put the book together, knowing that um, uh, you know climate was going to be on the agenda in in November. And, um, you know, we've written books about growing fruit trees and we've had a mail order offer of um, mail order fruit trees as well as, um, you know, the normal trees you'd want to put together. So we've sort of combined all that with um, help from pretty important people like uh, Bill Mollison, um, Tim Flannery um, on the Science Show put together a fantastic 
uh, piece explaining really how serious the position is in Australia. We're already 1.4 in in the Australian continent, whereas the rest of the world is, is risen by one degree. And I know most gardeners don't think that's a lot, but it's a huge change in the last uh, 10,000 years. Mm. And, um, you know, frankly, there's too many uh, of us and too few of the, you know, the trees. We've, we've cut down uh, too many trees. We're not replanting enough. Um, and so I, I want to, um, I guess, stake um, uh, the, the claim to help people make the transition because... I don't think um, we're doing anything like enough. And I know it's harder for you guys because you've got very sandy soils. We've got um, you know, more organic matter in ours, I guess. But uh, we have got very sandy soil, but we're quite blessed that we can grow just about anything here. And we, we live in a unique biodiversity hotspot and have an abundance of flora. So... Yeah, there's, you know, a lot of people have said, oh, we've got gutless soils, but you know what? It's got good drainage and we can improve it. <laughs> I, I know because uh, I've been to Perth and given talks uh, on many occasions. And, and the thing that I like about uh, living in Perth is you can actually, in parts, grow mangoes as well as um, oaks. And yes. there's not many parts in Australia where you could do, you know, part of the, the tropical thing as, as, as well as, um, you know, growing oak trees. I think the biggest oak tree I've ever seen was outside one of your colleges in Western Australia. I think there was a cork oak, which was just enormous, should be on the register of national estate, in my opinion. So anyway, we haven't been able to get over the Perth, but we're hoping to in the next uh, year or so if we get, um, you know, this COVID thing under yes, control. Yes, yes. So, Clive, your book is aptly named We Speak for the Trees. And I love the quote by the Lorax, um, Dr. Seuss, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. Um, and Dr. Zeus, um, I, I guess uh, that was written about 40 years ago, so he, he was anxious about what was happening in California. And, of course, I read that book to all my kids and uh, got their, them engaged, and um, it's, it's, the, it's a favourite story of ours to our children. Mm. And, and there's, there's some sort of logic behind the name. You know, I'm not, I'm not the world's greatest tree expert, but I'm passionate about growing them and you know we want to tap into all the uh, great experts um, so although we've been growing uh, trees for uh, 30 years and offering the mail order you know we've managed to track down some uh, trees that have come out of uh, Perth particular selections uh, particularly um, can't think of it's a poplar variety that grows um, well out there um, but um, so we've we've put a compendium together of uh, both based on our own expertise, designs that have come out of um, Melbourne University, and um, some help from a mate of mine who's a great silver culturalist, and that's all about getting the pruning right, and understanding about mycorrhiza and soil compaction. Oh, we've we've bought a special tractor which has about a tenth the weight of a normal tractor 
um, to plough up our ground to make sure it's aerated properly and this allows the mycorrhiza to develop, which I hope will give us um, some advanced tree growing. Talking your language, Faye. Yes, that's, that's what I wanted to say. And I actually got goosebumps. Um, you know, we we grew up listening to Dr. Seuss. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. How little attention we really um, paid to the, the realities of the world we live in today that he forecast 40 years ago. Yes, he's, um, well, he's incredibly humorous, so you yeah. can actually get to the kids. I mean, it's the great thing. Um, uh, for, for reading to children. Mm. So in, in a way, our, our arboretum is um, uh, 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 our, our view of how we can excite people um, into growing trees. We're lucky enough over here that we've got two redwood forests, which were, you know, the Californian redwood uh, just out of um, San, uh, San Francisco, which I visited. And when you go to a redwood forest, it's sort of like being in a Gothic French cathedral. The the, the immensity of the trunks and the, the you know when you're there is just um, a fantastic experience. Yes, and they actually grow really well um, in in our particular region. So we've we, we're going to plant a forest of those, and we're going to plant ginkgos. And we're going to do a lot of planting of uh, Australian rainforest trees, which um, are, are going to suit a, a, a warming climate. And we've been passionate about them for years. And the reason why we're choosing them is um, a, a really little known fact, but our botanic gardens um, in almost all capital cities now have 150-year-old trees of um you know, crow's ash, black bouillon, red cedar, native frangipani. You'll be growing some of them um, o over there. Cowrie pines, bunya pines, all these really interesting things that came out of those forests to suit, particularly suit our, our particular area. So, um, yeah, we're we're about as excited as you know when you uh, plant your first vegetable seed in the ground, and you know. Um, in my case, it was a, uh, a zucchini, and then you know, 60 days later, there was this huge thing in my hand. <laughs> so. Oh wow! It, it doesn't sound like you've lost any of that passion since that first zucchini. Yes, that, that, that's right. So, um, and that's the great thing about um, gardening. It, it's a very humbling experience. Um, you know, you make so many mistakes. You read so many books. You visit so many gardens, and you, you know. You, you absorb um, everything and, and every year you have these terrible disappointments and um, suddenly uh, that sets you back because the combinations didn't work or the, the, the plants weren't as tall or you actually had a few failures. But, um, you know, most of the gardeners I'm mixed with just get inspired by that. So you never give up and you never actually reach perfection, but um, it's just the most fantastic hobby to connect to or it is for me and uh, for all the staff at Diggers. Well I think I can speak for Faye, we're really looking forward to reading this new book of yours called We Speak for the Trees, Clive. Well thank you. Pleasure. And Rachel said that we have some seeds and an heirloom seed annual magazine to give away so we'll do that later in the show too Fabulous. Chris. Thank you so much. Clive, great to have you on the program, thank you so much for your time. Back into the Arboretum now. <laughs> Thank you so much for your 
uh, interest. No time. And we look forward to seeing you next year, Clive. Thanks for your time. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going to come over in March, so I hope I catch up with you. Okay, I'll send you another email. That's a date. It's 21 minutes to nine now. And I'm going to go directly, if I may, Faye, to talk to Barbara, because she's been holding on in Dianella throughout that entire interview. Good morning, Barbara. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Faye. Did you you enjoy that interview? Yes, thank you. It's nice to hear like-minded people, isn't it? Oh, yes. In the morning. Um, I know that you've got a lot of people loaded on the... um, telephone line, so uh-huh. I'm going to be as quick as I can. I've written some notes down. My problem is soil, so it's so good to be hearing um, so much about soil. I've always known that soil is the most important part, but I have a real difficulty with a long garden bed that runs alongside a driveway. There's a, a patch of lawn between the drive. The wall, It's a wall garden, so it um, is on the west side of a neighbour's wall, I've got a beautiful golden bunny climbing on that wall um, and the new shoots on it are reddish pink but they've also got yellow in them. There's been a lot of black spot which I've learnt over time is not a serious problem for them but I think, Faye, that it's my soil. I've just pulled um, calendulas out which are so forgiving. They grow in our sandy soils and give you amazing blooms but I think they've probably depleted the soil even more. Now, this rose bush suffered last year from um, chili thrip. Mm. So I look like losing probably the whole rose bush. I don't know. Now, mum used to often with her um, fruit trees, which are still growing in my backyard, they must be 50 plus years old, she used to put Epsom salts on them. Yes, yes. <laughs> Watering it down. And I have got a box of Epsom salts that's sort of gone fluffy. I'm wondering if I can use that. I'm also thinking as I'm getting older, if I'm going to do anything to this long, skinny bed, I need to chuck in or put in a lot of clay compost, which I'm prepared to do, and that's my problem. So what would you hmm. Well, you know, that encompasses a lot of things for all the gardeners out there, really, Barbara. When you've got yeah. a plant that's not doing well, you know, do you persevere? I would give your rose a little bit longer. I would put some... If, if the soil is quite sandy and it's run out of oomph, um, yeah. give it a bit of extra love. So cut uh-huh. off the older dead leaves, uh, clean up any of the ones that are black spotty and remove them. Uh-huh. So that's maintaining hygiene. Uh, yeah, double check the soil and know what you're working with. If it needs improving, add something. I know that we need to cut to a break. So what I would like to do is to continue talking about that long raised bed um, after the break. You're welcome to hang on if you'd like, Barbara. Yes, I will. Okay. Um, and I meant to say that gold bunny is, um, uh, how do you say, espaliered on the wall. And okay. it's usually people stop and say how magnificent it is. It's not this year. Okay. So I'll, I'll hang on. No, All right. Okay, Barbara, we'll don't back. go away. We'll be back shortly. It's 18 minutes to nine. Curtain Radio. At 16 minutes to nine, let's continue our conversation with Barbara and Faye talking about soil and other things. Right, so Barbara, um, you've got a gold bunny rose that's not looking too flat and you've got a long raised bed that um, needs some work. Now, a couple of things I would be considering, well, a few things, the style of your garden, the soil, heat, wind, 
and moisture. So if it's reticulated, how much water it's getting, what the style of your garden is, because this would um, help me choose appropriate plants. Like if you've got palms and frangipanis, then I... No? May may I interrupt? Um, I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, That bed is raised. I get some really good pea hay from the country, so I mulch it heavily in summertime because it cops the full brunt of the of the afternoon sun. Um, it is reticulated, but I've been talking to my husband about that. Um, sometimes plants will block it, so it's getting watered from the lawn sprinkler as well as the back. It has sprinklers along the back of the wall. And there is a frangipani. It's a young one, but the bed is quite long. So at the moment, I've got a lot of bare patches, and there's a, a beautiful creeper alongside the creeper um, golden bunny and I'm not sure what it's called but it's got a very soft fragrant mellow smell and it's like a, a yellow like a yellow bell mm. sort of yeah it sounds lovely um the the plant choices are endless if the soil if you can still dig a hole in it you can plant something into it so so your your choices are what you like and this is why we go to open gardens we go to nurseries and I go year round so I can get something that's different, that it might have a nice colour, I might be looking for fragrance, red foliage, uh, but the watering is going to be your determining factor because we, we really need to hydrozone our plants. I know the garden yes. that's open this weekend is a dry climate garden and yes. and Ross has a lot of silver plants. They'll take the heat, the wind and low moisture so, uh-huh. yeah, just <laughs> um, and as far as your gold bunny goes, I'll quickly wrap up with that and say, look, just check the soil, uh, mm-hmm. give it some some seaweed, remove the dead and daggy leaves and any tips uh-huh. that are are not very good looking, tidy yeah. up the plant, give it a little bit of blood and bone, some controlled release fertilizer, so that way you ensure that it's got everything it needs. And then monitor it. So don't make a decision now. Just keep watching it, Barbara. And we'll hear back from you in the next couple of weeks. Thank you, Barbara, very much for being such an interesting topic on the program this morning. It is uh, gardening talk, of course. Let's talk gardening till 10 o'clock. And regardless of the time, before we go to talking about open gardens uh, this morning, Faye, uh, you said that Clive had left you some seeds in a magazine. Can we set that one up? Yes, yes, yes. So they're coming this week. Right. That is all I know, Chris, but there are seeds and an heirloom seed annual magazine right. to give away. So, okay. how, how are we going to do that? You got a good question, perhaps? So, the people oh, can ring the, in right No, the, we'll have, save the question for later. So, for another time. First, first, uh, first phone in? call. If you'd like some heirloom seeds for your garden, right must now. be a member, can't have one. Okay. Let's make that quite clear. You've got to be a member of the Curtin um, family, so you've got to know your membership number. Not having won anything in the last 28 days, please, but if you'd like some heirloom seeds and a wonderful magazine, then now's your chance to get on the phone, and you better make it quick. Barbara's waiting for your call on 94841927, and we will talk to Kieran, who's here to talk about open gardens. Good morning to you, Kieran. I think I've just... Oh, let's put it back in. Kieran, are you there? There you are. Good morning, Kieran. Thank you for waiting. 
How are you, Faye? Yeah, good, thank you. What a fantastic open garden season it's been. Oh, it has, Faye, and you know, look, like the last seven weeks have been pretty hectic for everyone at Open Gardens WA. We've had um, a garden almost every weekend, so yes. uh, I know a lot of the volunteers are probably now, uh, after today, will be sitting down going with a deep breath, thinking about uh, next year, hopefully in 2022. Oh, fantastic. So you've got one last garden before Christmas. So tell us about it, Kieran. Yeah, look, this is a, a slightly different to our normal open gardens because this is a ticketed event. Um, Ross, uh, and I've heard you uh, talking about his garden this morning as well. Um, we've got um, uh, four sessions. So there's two today and two tomorrow. Um, and I just checked the website and both Saturdays, so this, uh, this morning and this afternoon are sold out. So we've only got the Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon available now. Um, it's a limited ticket um, garden opening uh, due to because we didn't want, uh, well, we less of, well, I might say less of people, but we're just making it um, easy for people to get around so we're not having hundreds and hundreds of people there. So it is a, uh, an exclusive event, I, I would probably like to say. Mm. And who's doing the catering? Uh, the catering is being done by Ross's sister, actually, under an organisation that she is involved with. And um, Ross is also uh, uh, the charitable event that he's supporting today is um, uh, Connie's Care, which is a grassroots um, uh, organisation in South Africa that supports um, children. Um, so the money from the event today will be going to uh, Connie's Care. But it's a, it'll be a great garden, Bay, and I know you know a little bit about it. Um, it's a, a block in this in. Um, uh, up, up in the hills and around Swan View in Peachy Road, um, and it's probably if you're a gardener, it's probably not the block you would have picked. Yes, um, it's quite slopy. It's been terraced. Um, it's quite shallow in soil with lots of rocks. But Ross has done a fantastic job in his plant selection. So um, it's a very uh, arid planting uh, garden. So very very water wise. Hmm. And that's what I love about visiting all these gardens, getting new ideas. And, you know, if you haven't used silver plants in the garden, uh, it'd be a great idea to get along and, and have a look what Ross has done. And he's a lovely man. When I spoke to him, he he's just got a lovely nature and I'm really looking forward to seeing this garden tomorrow. Yeah, so it, it should be fantastic, Um uh, for people to go around and have a look, it's it's a, it's a native planting and Mediterranean, so there's a mix of plants here. And um, people might be aware of uh, Ross was on a Gardening Australia uh, a, a number of months ago, uh, walking around the garden and his straw bale house. So he's very much an environmentalist, uh, very much in touch with um, with the garden, and uh, it should be a very nice day. And if people are interested in uh, booking tickets, Faye, all they need to do is go onto the Open Gardens uh, website, which is Open Gardens WA, and on our homepage there's a little um, little link to how to book a ticket. Fantastic. Now, I just have to quickly say the giveaway has uh, been given Taken. away. Yes, so. absolutely. We'll have a name right after the next break, but um, Kieran... Great, uh, great day tomorrow out in Calamunda. Not Cal, no, no, no. Swan View. Swan View is Swan the view. open garden. Right, there you go. Yeah, all the details on our on our website. And Faye, thanks for your support for Open Gardens. It's been fantastic, um, and uh, we really appreciate uh, what Curtin Radio does for us. Oh, thanks, Karen. Well, it's a pleasure to be involved. And how can we not?
Yeah, that's all right. right. Thanks. See you soon. Thanks, Karen. Okay, bye. It's uh, seven minutes to ten. Curtain Radio. Fancy me getting my gardens wrong. Swan View, not Kalamunda. We'll talk about Kalamunda after the nine o'clock news. <laughs> it's five minutes to the hour now. Tell us the good news, the year giveaway. The heirloom oh. seeds in the magazine. Who was lucky? That went to Jessica Brunner from Claremont. Well, the lucky Jessica, winner. Absolutely. Imagine what those seeds are going to do to your garden, Jessica. Imagine. We can but Well, we'll hope that in time when you've planted them, you're going to ring us and tell us what they look like mm. and what you got. It's it's quite a phenomenon. The Diggers Club. I know there's a lot of enthusiasts that keenly look forward to their catalogues coming mm. out and flicking through. They've got everything from bird netting to fruit trees of all different varieties, um, treatments, organic treatments, because as Clive said, he's an organic gardener. Mm. So very um, focused on caring for the earth. And, you know, the colours of some of those yes. heirloom vegetables are amazing the black kales and the orange pumpkins and all the different shapes and sizes of pumpkins i thought it was a wonderful interview what an interesting man he's coming here in march so i hope you'll have him on the program when he's here i hope so too i'll be following that up and he'll tell us where that oak tree is that particular school that's got this massive i'm sure i've seen that i i think it's quite possibly uwa and there are some amazing plants around the the universities in perth Mm -hmm. Um, they, often they will do a, a tour. Um, the gardeners will offer tours. Mm-hmm. So that's something we could look into too, Chris. Absolutely. We can look into anything, particularly your calls. If you want to make a call now, there's uh, some lines free on the switchboard. We can get a couple of calls in before uh, 9 o'clock if you wish. 94841927. Call now or email us on gardening uh, at au. What do you have in your hot little hand? We have received an email from Steve at Eden Hill and he sent in a photo of a lime tree that has got blotchy leaves. So he said, over the last three weeks, the tree seems to have a, taken on a blotchy leaf appearance. It appears healthy and is fruiting. Is it a mineral deficiency or a disease? I did fertilise the lawn area which surrounds the tree and it occurred after this. Could this have affected the soil pH causing the blotchy leaves. Well, what I think is possible, it it looks like it could be a deficiency. Uh, the, there's, the leaf is lacking colour between the veins, mm-hmm. but it is a very healthy, deep green look. So I would say that the plant is bringing the, the nutrition into the leaves. The quickest way that you can get nutrition into a plant is through a foliar feed. So half strength liquid solution poured over the plant works really well and it it works quickly because the plant takes it in through its leaves and its roots. Granular fertilisers take longer. Um, I wouldn't worry too much, but I would also be checking for any signs of pests on the leaves. And Steve, as you're in Eden Hill, particularly look at the stem's for swelling so there that is an area that had a bad outbreak of the gall wasp mm-hmm. and you're looking for swellings in the stems if that's the case you need to remove them and bag them and leave them in in a black plastic bag double bagged for a couple of weeks to solarize them wow. um but and, I th- and after that after two weeks what happens after then? two weeks they're dead okay 
the the risk is that they've already flown the coop um, because the time to have done that was actually in June. Mm. But people should still be inspecting. You cut it back and then you monitor for signs in the new growth of ongoing swelling. Wow. It's, it's quite a bad problem, Chris. But I, I think, yes, a little bit more food for that citrus and it will be fine. Just before the news, I know you're very familiar with your garden. You've created it. You keep recreating it. You keep modifying it. What brought you the most joy this week? Oh, gosh. What did you see out there? Oh, that's fantastic. The the week has just been extraordinary. You know, last weekend um, there was a a Fern Society and a Palm and Cycad Mm. Society show. Yep. So I went to both of those, and they they were fantastic, well attended, and I thoroughly enjoyed that and meeting all the people. Um, even just wandering around my garden this morning and picking a few flowers, seeing what's coming into bloom, the birds, uh, the bandicoots in the garden, and and different birds mm. like. And coming home at night, there's a full moon in the sky. Yes. Partial eclipse last night too. Partial. Oh, there's a song about that. <laughs> uh, partial eclipse. Yes, we. I'm trying. We're trying to remember that during the news. You brought in some lovely cuttings from your garden, which we'll talk about after the news. Meanwhile, I encourage you, if you want to get your calls in now, is the time when the news is on. Get on the switchboard and uh, talk to Barbara. Tell us what we can talk to you about because we're talking gardening until ten o'clock. But now it's nine o'clock. Well, the forecast is perfect for gardening. Uh, reminding you, of course, that the rain is on its way tomorrow afternoon with possible thunderstorms as well as uh, rain showers. But for today, mostly sunny, winds easterly, 20 to 30 kilometres an hour, tending northeasterly in the morning and then shifting southerly 15 to 25 in the evening. And the forecast is absolutely spot on. Wind at the moment in Perth is from the east at 13 kilometres an hour. Current temperature has whipped up in the last hour. It's 21 degrees at the moment. In Mandurah, it's 21. It's 19 out on the island. The estimated maximum on this beautiful sunny day for gardening. Perfect weather for that. 29 degrees. And I would remind all gardeners, the UV index today is uh, set to reach 11, which is extreme, from now until 4 o'clock this afternoon. It's six minutes past nine. We're into the second hour of Let's Talk Gardening. So come on, let's talk. 94841927. Faye is here in the studio ready to take your calls. Faye. Yes, and we've got Carol of Subiaco waiting we to talk to us. We certainly do. Good morning, Carol. Hi, Carol. Hello. <laughs> um, I'm just ringing to let you know that I won a voucher in um, October yep. the 16th, I think it was. And I went with my partner to uh, Bigger Trees and got a dwarf apricot. Oh, lovely. So um, I'm looking forward to planting that and um, hopefully preserving the excess apricots. Oh, and... <laughs> I used to many, many years ago. Oh, and yeah. they're in, in fruit at the moment, Carol. That's one of the joys I've experienced this week, ripening apricots straight from the tree. Oh, and please. What a, and what a beautiful climbing tree it is yes. too. Yes. This is a dwarf one. It's not a. It's not a full size one. I only have a small block. But That's even that, Carol, is going to give you such joy in the years ahead. You made a a wonderful selection there. Yes, thank you. Well, well done, and thank you for letting us know, Carol. 
thank Bye. you for letting me have the, have the voucher. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. You just yeah. keep listening. You never know what you could learn on this programme or what you could win on this programme week by week, Carol. I always make notes. I've got pages and <laughs> oh, books of books of notes. <laughs> write, write a book. Carol's Notes on yes. Gardening. Good one. Thank you, Carol. <laughs> Bye-bye now. It's uh, seven minutes past nine. Shall we go to our second interview of the morning? Here we go. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Hello. Lovely to, uh, lovely to speak with you all again. <laughs> it, it certainly is. And, oh, what a busy boy you are, Andrew. I tell you what, it's a, it's a busy weekend in the lead-up to this, but I, I love Carol's last comment when she said that she writes notes about uh, what you guys say and keeps, uh, keeps notes. I think that's fantastic. That's really, really cool. Isn't that lovely? Well, you know, I cleaned up my study the other day and I found I also do write lots, lots of notes. <laughs> oh, dear. That's a good thing. Like with me, I've got a bad memory, so it's good to write everything down. But, uh, oh, very good idea. A busy week uh, leading up to the Calamunda Garden Festival, which is on tomorrow. This is our 13th event, so uh, uh, it, it's always really lovely to get everyone together in the Calamunda Town Centre. It's up at 5 Barber Street, if anyone wants to write that down. Uh, it starts at 8am to 12 noon uh, tomorrow. Um, as always, we've got loads of gardening-related uh, stalls. We operate alongside the Calamunda Farmers Market as well. So it's basically those two events together create this one big lovely event. And we do the Calamunda Garden Festival four times a year. So uh, it's really lovely. Everyone gets together. We've got some really nice stalls, uh, a lot of growers and, and, and people that you don't often see in, in nurseries and things like that, offering all kinds of uh, really different, very lovely plants. And, uh, and goodies for your garden as well. So well, really, give really us an nice. idea, Andrew, of, of what different types of plants you've got up there. Yeah, well, I tell you, we've got a special, a very special guest this time, which is Tuckerbush, of course. So Mark Tusek's coming up with Tuckerbush, so he, he's wonderful. He's, uh, we're really, really stoked that he's coming, of course. But um, uh, we've got um, Supreme Plants, which is a nursery that's in the Swan Valley there coming up. We've got uh, Wild Gaia Plants, which grow a lot of seedlings um, and, and heirloom seedlings and things like that. We've got uh, Growing Gardens Fremantle, that's another one. A, a lot of um, really small and uh, micro growers that are coming up, which is really, really good. So it gives them an opportunity opportunity to sell their stock as well and I guess expose the audience to um, different kinds of plants as well plus heaps of pots you know anything gardening related we, we only accept gardening related stalls so we all kind of get together and it's it's really really lovely and talks and entertainment yeah. and food <laughs> yeah yeah we've got the talks uh, who we've got this time Lisa Passmore uh, and um, uh, who we've got Darren Steiner this this time as well so Darren's on at uh, 9 45 he's doing a talk about getting bang for your buck with your next landscaping projects. That's 9.45. And at 10.45, we have Lisa Passmore, of course, who's um, doing a talk about easy-to-grow flowers. It'll brighten up your garden and flowers that you can bring inside to lift your spirits as well. So that's oh, really lovely. So 9.45 lovely. and 10.45, and they're all free. Everything's free. The music, everything, the entertainment, it's all free. It's good. Oh, fantastic. Well done, Andrew. Well, I hope you have a great weekend <laughs> and the weather stays nice for you. Fantastic. Thank you for the opportunity. So, your listeners love you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andrew. Cheers, Andrew. It is now 10 minutes past nine. Are you going to that one? Do you have time in your busy schedule? I, I have a family event on tomorrow morning, so I, unfortunately I cannot. Well, the way Andrew describes it, it's a place to be tomorrow oh, morning. I know. If you haven't got anything else on. Plant stalls galore. Mm. I know they have bromeliads and citrus and... Edible And you'd come away with masses of new ideas and you'd walk back into your garden going, (laughs) I'm going to change this, I'm going to change that. I know. Well, this week I cleaned out my shade houses. Uh. On on the way home, 
I had a little shopping trip the other day and end up with three new Alcantarias, which are giant bromeliads, Chris. They're like this wide and half as tall as me, almost a metre <laughs> tall. And then I, I took them home and I had I bought a succulent in a pot and it had all these little babies. So I got 10 little new plants out of it. Wow. So they went into the shade house. Oh, I'm I'm a bit of a nuts propagator at the moment. I've got geraniums, you name it. And it, you asked me what is the the favourite thing yes, in the garden yes. this week. Well, I was doing a bit of weeding and looking around at the number of different palms that I have in the garden. I joined the Palm and Cycad Society about 20 years ago mm-hmm. and I was a member there for a while. They used to have a lot of seedlings that you could buy and so I would grow these small seedling palms into big palms and now some of them are three metres tall. There's clumping bamboo type palms, uh, a wine or jelly palm. I've got swamp ferns climbing up them, cycads, and I got a new cycad yesterday given to me. So The smile across your face is unbelievable when you're talking about plants. Ear to ear. Oh, it's does your does your husband when you get home say, "Okay, what have you brought back this time?" Ah, uh, he does. How did you know? <laughs> Especially when I drive past the front of the house to the shade house, and he goes, "What are you doing?" <laughs> oh, nothing. This old thing. I've had it for ages. <laughs> yes, don't worry. I'll I'll tell you when I'm uh, when I'm in need of something. Let's um, talk about if we can a call we had this morning. Kathy couldn't wait. She was calling from Bullsbrook, and she's uh, has or had brown spots on her herpiastrums last year and this year too. Do you have any advice on what could be uh, the the reason and how to treat it? Well, I'm going to get John to do some research into this. So brown spots on herpiastrum, I suppose it's on the leaves. I have noticed it on a couple recently. Now, of course, first thing to rule out would be if the plant has been out in the weather and if we've had any hail or if the the leaves have in fact got sunburnt because we mm. have had some warm mm. days. So hail damage could be one thing. It depends how big the mm. brown spots are. But patches of, of brown at the top of the leaves could indicate sun damage. Once we rule out environmental mm. type problems, then there's possible fungal if the leaves have stayed too wet overnight. And mm. we have had a lot of wet weather, uh, and particularly overnight. And the other thing could be is a pest that's come in mm. and just rasped the leaf, not eaten it through, and that can make it brown. So depending on what the spots look yes. like, but we'll we'll see what John see can what come John up, comes if, up with. If there's anything perhaps bacterial or fungal that they're susceptible John, to. John, the mad scientist in the back room. I know we've talked about the weather being very wet this winter and things looking really wonderful. Without being political or without being scientific, are you noticing a change in the condition of plants or the reaction to the fact that Clive mentioned this morning temperature had risen by about 1.4 degrees? Well, uh Yes, we are in a period called the Anthocene, I uh-huh. think, uh-huh. or similar, and our environment has changed yes. exponentially since the the introduction of of industry. Yes. So over the last hundred years, 
it breaks my heart to travel down the freeway mm. and look at bare paddocks mm. or houses that have popped up. You know, we used to drive to Bunbury on a Friday night 50 years ago mm. and you, you were driving through small Forest. roads. Mm -hmm. The bugs would be hitting the windscreen. Mm. We would see owls and, and wildlife. And lots now, of trees. Yes. Well, the trees were right at the yeah. side of the road. So I really miss that sort of environment. And, you know, we've we've seen it change. We've felt it change. We used to have our school holidays up at Shark Bay. Mm. But each year the winds began coming at a different time. They, I think they became earlier. Mm. So the calendar that we have seems to have, like, shifted. Yes. Someone's picked it up and moved yes. it forward. Um, I don't think we're very in touch with understanding what's happening but the rate at which areas are cleared you know i live in jandicott yes. oh my goodness chris what's happened in the last 12 months with with the airport land being cleared and and trees banksia woodlands disappearing you know i came across something that that talked about threatened banksia woodland who would think that our two acres of Banksy woodland is threatened. It is because mm. it's being cleared at a rate of knots. And even areas that aren't meant to be cleared are just disappearing. You know, they're just widening a road mm. or whatever. A tragedy happening before our eyes. As Clive also said this morning, we need to be planting more trees. We really have got to do something about that. The lungs of the land are the trees and we need more there. Well, if we didn't stop clearing everything, yes. we wouldn't have to yes. development, replant development, them, development. would we? Yeah. I, mean, I think the message is to be more sustainable. You know, going back to those Dr. Seuss books, yeah. I just, I have great memories of, of things that happened 50 years ago. Um, yeah, did, you, I mean, did you read Dr. Seuss to your kids? No, I don't really think I did. Mm. I mean... You know, there's all the new age stuff. The Ninja Turtles were in and bananas mm. in pyjamas. You know, it yeah, was yeah. the fad things. True. Now, we talked also earlier, and you, I think we did identify where that tree was that we were yes, talking about. Yes, that tree has been found. And we're talking about the cork oak, Kirkus suba, or there are different cork oaks, but a well-shaped tree about 40 years, 45 years old planted in the ornamental grove at the University of WA. Uh -huh. The university is where I had my wedding photos, Chris. Really? 37 years ago. Wonderful. Yes. What a wonderful moment that was indeed. It is approaching uh, 18 minutes past nine. The lines are free for you. Line 484 I'm just reading a, a note here that uh, Barbara's putting up on the road, on the screen rather, about a crash. We'll come back to that right after this. Curtain Radio. 20 minutes past nine on Curtain FM, and we will return to talk gardening with you in just a moment. But first, Arcadia Waters Bicton. It's known for its rich history and welcoming community, and it's hosting a fun-filled open day on Friday the 19th of November. Explore a colourful range of stalls, enjoy a scrumptious morning tea with some prizes, and if you wish, take a guided tour of their charming retirement homes. Save the date. It's coming this week, Friday the 19th of November, 10 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon at station sponsor Arcadia Waters Bicton, 153 Stock Road in Bicton. 
And we're back to your calls in just a moment on 94841927. There is much uh, to talk about this morning. Don't wait to the last minute to get your calls in or your emails to gardening at curtainfm.com.au. I do want to bring to your attention a crash we talked about on the breakfast program earlier this morning in Cardup. The Southwestern Highway in Cardup, there's been a pretty bad crash in that area. The whole highway is blocked in both directions from Kiln Road to Norman Road and the Department of Main Roads has come back to us saying please remind people this is not an area to be driving into at the moment. Avoid the area if you can. Emergency services and towing services and traffic management are on site dealing with it but if you can avoid the crash that is currently in uh, process on Southwest Highway which is closed from Kiln Road to Norman Road in Cardup, please do so. Now Back to matters that are happier. Yes. And John has just come in on the break, getting back to the hippie astrums, mm. and I have noticed this recently. There is a known disease called red blotch or leaf scorch, and it's a fungal disease caused by an organism and appears as red spots, typically with clear margins or outlines on leaves and flower stems eventually causing breakage and withering. Unfortunately, this disease is endemic to all members of the Amaryllis family, but the treatment for this is a fungicide called Mancozeb. So just have a look. I know that the caller did say that the spots were brown, but just have a look and see if they look more more reddish, mm-hmm. and it could be the the red blotch or leaf scorch. So something to look out for. Good. 22 minutes past nine. Mac in Yanship is waiting to talk about mango trees. Morning, Mac. Uh, good morning. How are you this morning? Really well. Talk to Faye. <laughs> Hi, Mac. Hello, Faye. Hi. Um, I brought a property in Yanship um, about a year ago, and to be able to get my caravan onto the property, we had to take a um, quite a substantial branch off a mango tree, which is about three metres high, and it doesn't appear to have um, recovered very well. Most of the leaves on it are still green in the middle, but around the outside, it's quite um, brown and black. Okay. And it's been like that for some time now, and I've, I don't know what to do. So I, is there any signs of new growth? Yes, yes, there is. There is. There are some small signs of some, some new growth coming through. Okay. This has been taking a, a really, really long time. Mm. And what about flowering? Any signs of flowering? None at all, no. And apparently this tree used to um, supply the neighbourhood with mangoes, so the neighbours are really keen to have this right. sort of thing as well. In Yanchib, of course, you've got very sandy soil. Are you, well, not that we've had the, a lot of warm weather, but does it have sufficient moisture and is the soil well prepared? Um, yeah, I've, I've um, just put in some... Um, some new grass seed, so the, the grass is growing well. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of a lot of watering and uh, um, making sure that there's plenty of moisture out there, um, and put you know put um, the, the necessary grass fertilisers in as well. Um, and I've I've tried using a, um, a general purpose uh, fertiliser around the mango tree, um, but I remember hearing on one of your um, programs a little while ago about um, being careful when a plant is distressed to um, to give it too mm. much in the way of fertiliser. So, yes. yeah, um, and the black leaves could indicate a disease called anthracnose. Yep. 
And if that's the case, there is a product uh, called anti-rot and anti-rot. That, that can act as a tonic. It's systemic and you, mm-hmm. you may see some better results if you use that. Follow the instructions okay. on the bottle um, and, yeah, it, it can work very effectively. Wonderful. Hey, thank you very much for your time. All right. And let us know how you get on with that, Mac. Make sure that the, the soil is holding moisture, so you may even need to apply a wetting agent to it and a yep. good layer of mulch because it's probably getting winds up there too. Sure. Okay. okay. Good luck. Thanks, Mac. Thank you Bye. Okay, 25 minutes past nine. Do you think it's a good time to uh, do our little uh, $75 yes. Bigger Trees voucher giveaway? Kerry's been very, very, very generous again this week to provide this uh, voucher. And if you need to know about Bigger Trees, well, what can I tell you? They've got a gorgeous selection of indoor and shade plants, lots of beautiful spring and summer colours. They've got a great website if you want to know more before you venture out to Bigger Trees. And it's written that way. Bigger Trees, B-I-G-G-A. T-R-E-E-S dot com dot A-U. Bigger trees for all sorts of things and lots of surprises in store. The first surprise, of course, is going to be if it's you that can answer the question we have this morning to win our $75 voucher, courtesy of Bigger Trees. Here is the question. Do you want the, to give the question? Oh, you go Did for you? it, oh, Chris. Okay, yeah, okay. Ray well, normally does it. it. Okay, I'll do the Ray thing. What colour... Nine four eight four one nine two seven. Before I go any further, one nine nine four eight four one nine two seven. You've got to be a member of the Curtain Club. Usual terms and conditions. Please, if you won something in the last twenty eight days, give other give some other lucky listener the chance to win this one. A seventy five dollar voucher from Bigger Trees. If you know the answer to this question, what colour is a Welsh poppy? What colour is a Welsh? Poppy. I'll leave that one with you. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. We'll wait for your calls. And we did arrive today to a letter. Oh, here, and it it says, "Dear Faye, on behalf of the Western Australian Fern Society and the WA Palm and Cycad Society, I would like to express our sincere thanks to you and Ray for advertising our annual plant sale held on the thirteenth and fourteenth of November. The event was." successful beyond our expectations due in no small part to your promotion of it i'd also like to wish you and your staff the compliments of the con- the coming festive season yours sincerely president john banner savage and it's not so. that far away is it i mean when you consider there's 10 more days of this month 25 that's 35 that's five weeks Christmas. <laughs> <gasps> oh i do love a countdown <laughs> I so do you. Ideally, well, with six weeks to go, yeah. it, if you're having Christmas at your place, yep. it would have been a good time to prune your roses to get the repeat flush. Yep. But, of course, a week after or thereabouts is New Year. So if you're having a New Year celebration at your place, mm-hmm. six weeks out, 45, 42 to 45 days ahead of time, cut back your roses, give them a feed, keep the water back up to them, and you'll have a new flush. Wonderful. What a wonderful reward, not only for Christmas, but for the, for the new year too. We were talking earlier about gardening generally. Do you think shade cloths are becoming a more important item in gardens? They are. I'll just quickly say the competition oh. has been won. We'll have further details right. on that. Thank you. But yes, shade cloths, fantastic. Um, it does provide an area that is more pleasant for us to be under and also reduces evaporation. 
but you know, Chris, you cannot beat a tree. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of homes have got wall to wall covers, hard covers, mm-hmm. shade sails, whatever. I love entertaining out in the open air on a hot balmy night with with nothing but the the sky yes. and the stars and the, sky, the moon above. The, yes, the stars are your ceiling. That is a wonderful, mm. wonderful situation. Sitting there and eating with friends and drinking and just enjoying the environment that you have created. And your environment down in Jandicott is something else. What did you bring in this morning? Well, I had these weedy alstromerias. They're princess lilies. So they've been sitting in the garden for about 20 years. Uh, they're the old-fashioned variety. The stems are about a metre long. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've cut them in half. Um, but they... They're fantastic in a vase. There are so many new varieties out now that are dwarf. Uh, they don't, they're not as weedy. And there's some lovely red ones, which are perfect for Christmas if you want to add a bit of oomph to your mm-hmm. display, adding colour to your garden to jazzed up for Christmas. I was going to say, is that the only colour? I would imagine that is just oh. the, the choice that you chose this morning, being a pink colour. Well, I have three types in my garden. I have a pink a deeper mauve, and the most weediest red and white Christmas-looking one. Mm-hmm. So that's getting pulled up and probably poisoned because with, with all the wet weather and mm. the weed growth, it's gone nuts. Uh, and blue salvias. You know, blue is popping in the garden at the moment, Chris. There's plumbagos. The jacarandas are bursting mm. across our cityscapes. They're... Yeah, blue in the garden is beautiful. And nigella, a lovely little annual where you can use the seeds in cooking. Uh, But salvias are so hardy. And Ross, whose garden is open this weekend with Open Gardens WA, he has got a range of salvias that are very hardy. Wonderful. And another favourite, these are the Queen Anne's Lace that have self-sewed in different parts of my garden. Once again, they'll come up to... Oh, almost my shoulder high, uh, but beautiful umbels. Now, umbel as in umbrella heads on them are great plants to encourage pollinators and beneficial insects in the garden. So you'll get lacewing larvae in here. There'll be hoverflies buzzing around. The bees will come in and native bees mm-hmm. and birds and... You know, people don't like caterpillars, but hey, it's food for the baby birds. Well, I was going to say, in nature, everything has a purpose in that great cycle. And those we may not like them and all those sorts of things, but if we can tolerate them, some other living form benefits from a good um, Mm. feed of caterpillar. It's uh, just after half past nine. Let's be honest, it's 29 minutes to 10. Uh, We're going to find out more details about uh, who's our competition winner uh, this morning for the uh, Bigger Trees $75 voucher. But I thought we could take a music break with something that really does have a Christmas theme. We haven't started playing Christmas music yet, but this song by Johnny Mathis I thought you'd appreciate, and, and so would our listener this morning, because it does talk to us about that child born in about 35 days from now. Well... Somebody had to do it, and I think if it's you and I that have played the first piece of Christmas music on Curtin FM for the year 2021, there it is, Johnny Mathis, and when a child is born, completely unintentional. It was the next on the playlist. I have to tell you, I didn't load that. It was sitting there, and I thought, how appropriate. We'll just put that one quietly. Lovely. Was Oh, it's really made us all calm. Hasn't it? Hasn't and it? put us in the Christmas mood. Well, <laughs> have you done your Christmas shopping oh, yet? Oh, heavens no. 
Not yet, but that all, that all next time I'm down on leave. It's 24 minutes to 10. Uh, we, of course, are very grateful to Kerry at Bigger Trees for the $75 voucher, which will be well spent by the person that was the first to call in and answer the question that we posed for you, which was, what colour is a Welsh poppy? And the answer is the most common colour is yellow, but they can vary from yellow to orange. And it was Robin in Kingsley who was the first off the mark and called in and spoke to Bev, so all in the world is well Congratulations, Robin. So Robin will be going shopping at Bigger Trees. That's, How lovely. That's one, if not two, of her <laughs> Christmas presents sorted out already and will grow profusely, no doubt, in 2022. Shall we go back to the phones? Yes, let's. Let's talk to Margaret in Mundaring. Good morning, Margaret. Oh. Hello. How are you, Margaret? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I'm very surprised that you're so quiet this morning. Yeah, me too. But, um I would like to ask, say, about Alstromerias. Yes. Which I believe used to be called a Peruvian lily. Yes, yes, or princess lilies. Oh, okay. Um, yes, I've got some here that um, my mum planted um, in a walled garden, and the wall is about, well, at least a foot, maybe 15 inches high, and the Alstromerias are now growing in the ground. At the foot of the wall, mm-hmm. can they travel like that? Yes. And when's the best time for me to... Um, I only want to dig some up to share with friends, that's all. Oh, Margaret, I, I don't think it matters. I have found that mine are such weeds, I would do it at any time because it's the, the little tubers under the ground that will reshoot. Oh. What colour have you got? Um, a sort of... A red, but it's more of an orangey red. It's not the dark red like a Papamirland rose. Right. And how tall are yours? Oh, at least a metre. Yes, yes. <laughs> I have to keep tying them up to the fence because they're now growing at the base of the wall outside the fence. And the fence was put up to keep the dogs out of the garden because the frogs used to breed in there mm. years ago. But um, anyway, yes, they're growing at the base of the wall, so I haven't ventured yep. to investigate the bulbs yet. Mm, they will, of course, suffer, but they will reshoot. And I found that spring and autumn are their best times. They sort of yes. sulk a bit in, in summer unless you can give them plenty of water. And well, actually, they only get water from actually filtering down. In the, I have retic in the garden and trickle. And um, they just get water from the water, this, what do you call through the soil to the bottom of the base yes. of the wall. Yes, um, I'm sure. Interesting that um, my mum said when you do want to pick your or clean up your alstrom areas, you must pull the old growth. Do not cut them with a secateur. Mm. And that's something we didn't talk about. So when when I go round to pick these. I pluck them from right at the base and yes. pull them out of the ground. Oh, but that's probably why they're doing so well. Right. <laughs> they could do less well, that's for sure. I think it's time for me to divide them too and try them in another area. Yes, yes. So nice. you said you got a pink and a mauve. I haven't seen those colours. They'd be absolutely gorgeous. Do you want some, Margaret? I'd love some. All right, I'll pot some you- up for you. Do you have to um, tie yours up? Uh, do I have to? So um, I I don't. I've just been going around and and 
picking them, bringing them in for Ray or bringing them into the house and giving them away to anyone who comes and visits. Oh, right, yeah. I probably should tie them up, but <laughs> my garden's too big. Yeah. All right, I'll pot some up great. for you, Margaret. Thank you so much, Faye. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. Bye now. 20 minutes to 10. Let's talk gardening. Still a chance for your calls on 94841927. Now, we don't usually do traffic in the gardening program, but a listener has called in to tell us there are some traffic signals that are blacked out in the South Lake and Success areas at the intersections uh, of North Lake uh, Road and Berrigan Drive in South Lake, Belia Drive and Hammond Road in Success, and Western Power is aware of these problems and they are about to deal with them as best they can. Slow down, please. Give way to your right always where you find these traffic signals blacked out in uh, North Lake Road and Berrigan Drive intersection in South Lake and in Belia Drive and the Hammond Road intersection in success. So here we are, time marching along. Your call's welcome, 94841927. And we're coming back to talk about a golden shower tree in a moment. Curtain Faye and I were just sitting here talking about the weather, of course, being a perfect day for gardening today. Sunny and 29 degrees, and at the moment, the uh, mercury has crept up to about 23 degrees. Please, gardeners, remember the UV index today is 11, which is extreme until 4 o'clock this afternoon. But there is a weather change coming tomorrow, a shower or two and 29 degrees with a possible storm tomorrow. Shower or two, mainly in the early part of Monday morning, and then it finds up again with cloud clearing on Tuesday, 25, sunny on Wednesday, 28, uh, 31 on Thursday and up to 32 on Friday. Mm, so this is where the shade cloth comes into play, Chris, and we start thinking about, dare I say, shuffling or moving things around. But not just for us. Surely for the plants need some protection oh, that's, too. That's what I mean yeah. uh, because we, we've come through winter and spring and we've had the odd hot day, but the sun starts to become more intense, coupled with easterly winds can be very drying. So what... What people must understand is the water that they were getting before will it will have a different effect mm. if the winds are up mm -hmm. and if they are ongoing and if the temperature is hot all day. Keep that one in mind in the months mm. ahead. Let's go to Double View. Carol, good morning to you. Good morning. How Hi, are you? Oh, good, thank you. Um, I just have a question. I've got a golden shower in my... I've had it for two years and it hasn't flowered it's taller than me so it's about six foot it's as bare as a whatever at the moment when can i expect to see some flowers and some leaves happening <laughs> right well oh. hmm. i think it's one of those things about patience it's it, these things vary depending on their location. I know we spoke to someone from Shelley this morning who had leaves on his French panny trees and yet I've got French pannies in my garden that still haven't pushed out any new shoots because of the position yeah. they're in and, and we're colder. Uh, me too. When, when conditions are right, provided it hasn't died... Uh, no, it's alive. It's got... Um, you know, the, I scratched the the um, trunk and it's green, mm. but it's like a little. Um, yes, I talk to it <laughs> and I ask it, it when mm. it's going to get its leaves. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping that I'll live long enough to see the flowers <laughs> on it. Faye, I, I'll get John to have a look. I'm not sure at what age they do actually flower. 
and uh, whether they're grown from seed as compared to cutting grown may have a bearing. Mm -hmm. And who knows how old the tree was when you actually got it. Um, It wasn't terribly old. I'd say it'd have to be probably two years old now. Okay, so you've had it for two years. It does sound like a small tree. Um, The only other thing, like we've talked about this morning, is just check the soil. Make sure the water is getting to the roots. Yep. And then once you see signs of some new growth, give it a controlled release fertiliser. That will give it some nutrition over, over the time where it's putting out that new growth and keep the water up to it when you see it moving. Yeah, I've given it some Trofort. Yes, okay, so you've done the slow-release fertiliser, that's good. Yes. Okay, and a mulch? um, Pardon? And a mulch? Uh, Yes, it's got mulch. I think the soil is good. I gave it a spray of power feed yesterday as well. If it hasn't got leaves, that probably won't do much, but probably won't hurt either. Or... Okay, well, I might have to be... It is a tree that loves the sun, doesn't it, I heard from somewhere. Well, they will grow in full sun, for sure. Yep, and that is in full sun, but we haven't had probably enough. I'm wondering and hoping that once the really warm weather comes, it'll like it and start to to grow more, maybe. <laughs> We, we, we hope, hope so. <laughs> Christmas is hope. coming, Carol. <laughs> Christmas hope. is coming. I, I know, and I, and I love that song that you just played. Um, when a child is born. Oh. Isn't it wonderful? Just, oh, I loved it. I was in the car and I just turned it up and I thought, oh, if only... It's just beautiful. Thank you for playing that. Pleasure. Anyway, thank you for your help. All right. Good luck, Carol. And thank Bye you for, for your call. Bye, and happy Christmas when the time comes, Carol. Thank you, and the same to you. God bless. Bye-bye. It's uh, now 12 minutes to 10, 94841927. It isn't too late for you, of course, to... uh to uh, make your call because we can always creep you in before 10 o'clock but I know that Faye's got something right in front of her now that we need to discuss which is with uh, Pam who's out in Bibber Lake Good morning Pam Oh, Good morning to you, enjoying your program it's really lovely and uh, but I, I've got a terrible d- dilemma on my hands Yes Uh-oh. you have and I've, I've, I've had one man come and look at it he doesn't want to touch it. Uh, it it not only involves gardening it also <laughs> involves putting up a new fence which cannot be attached to the existing boundary fence because it's asbestos. Oh, oh. So I'm, in, I'm in a real pickle. Um, I'm going to have to, I'm on my own. I'm going to have to get someone in to do it for me. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know whether I can possibly save this beautiful thing. I, I just love it. It's in full flower, as you can see. And... Um, and it only flowers once a year. And I thought, oh, why did it have to happen now? So, um, so is this a jasmine that we're looking yes, at, it, Pam? It, it is. Sorry, oh. I thought you might have been able to see that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I put it in about 30 years ago. I put in about oh, at least eight plants because I wanted to create this uh, lovely effect against this old fence. Mm. And, uh, and it's just been beautiful. But obviously, with all the heavy rains and goodness knows what that we've had this year, it's uh, it's pulled the uh, 
the supporting fence that was attached to the boundary fence completely down on one side. I don't know if you can see, I sent two photos. Um, yes. It's completely down on uh, the left-hand end, and it's still being supported down towards the right end. Right. Okay. So, okay. I don't know whether this has to come out completely mm. or... So... Uh... For listeners, Pam has got an asbestos fence. Now, that looks solid. That looks like it's in pretty good nick. Yeah, but the the, uh, the star picket fencing that I put in, I put, probably put in about eight star pickets when I did it, and then we put that wire mesh that you yes. buy from, like, the gardening centres. They're about four centimetre square yes. Uh, yes. meshing. Yep. Yep. And, and this this is completely, completely wound in and out of this wire. Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, sorry, well, go ahead, but telling this is what I've got. But, yeah, it's, it's pulled, pulled the nails out of the um, asbestos because I guess it just got soggy over the years. Well, the, the fact, I don't think you have to do anything with the fence. And are you sure it's asbestos? Yes, yes, it is. The house is, um, uh, ooh, it's 38 years old. Okay. Uh, and when we had that, we had to do the back fence because it was falling over because the house be, be, below us, behind us is lower down. Mm. So we've already replaced that fence, and they had to come fully suited up yep. to do okay. it. So I All know right. it's asbestos. I'm not sure what the regulations might be working in that area, but if if the fence is okay and if that is staying, I would think that. Any sort of handyman husband would be able to to put in some more star pickets and reattach it at the back. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, I hope that could be the case. But my dilemma is the creeper's completely entwined in this fence that's come down. That doesn't matter. Um, in fact, that that is a benefit, Pam, because it? it means that if they can get hold of part of that, they can reattach something stronger at the back. So if they were to put in more star pickets and yeah. some some wire, string yeah. some wire across, then yeah. they would hook in to the mesh that's in the climber or even part of the climber and pull it back. Right. Okay. So I don't have to try and cut it back to the ground sort of thing. No, I, I don't think so at all. No. Okay. I, I think you could do a, a quick fix. Um, right. And uh, and as you say, I guess it depends on the regulations of whether they would be prepared to drill into it to... Um, no, to you re- wouldn't t- drill... You wouldn't touch the asbestos fence. Right. It would be... A stand supporting one. Stand alone. It, it doesn't even have to be a fence. It's just something that your wire wires yeah. can attach to. Right, okay. And well, maybe right. reduce the height of the climbing hedge so that it's easier yeah. to work with because then they're yeah. only dealing with about five foot that's leaning. Yeah, okay then. Got All it. right then. So, yeah, okay, if... Well, I'll do my best. I've, I've put it out there on uh, Facebook. Yes. Can I get a, a gardener slash handyman to do this, but no one's responded. <laughs> no, and it, it's not an easy job. Um, no. But no. It, it's not, it's doable, I believe. So it's just finding the person that's prepared to go to that trouble for you and, All right. and give it a go. So if anyone does know of anyone who's a bit 
resourceful. Um, it's a, a hedge of a, a, like a star jasmine that's 30 yeah. years old. It's lower than fence height now particularly yes. and it just needs to be pulled back to look like the hedge it was. It's in full yeah, bloom right. and I bet the perfume's beautiful. Oh, it's just gorgeous. When I spray some water on it, it's just amazing. And and poor un- underneath the poor thing is all these tiny trevs. <laughs> I don't oh. know how they're surviving. Okay, good luck, Pam. And if anyone can help us, call in and we'll put you in touch. Thank you so much for your help. Thanks, Pam. Cheers, Bye. Pam. Okay, then. Okay. I, I think you used the right medium, which is radio, to get your message across and I hope somebody will respond. Curtain Radio. It's four minutes to ten, and uh, Jim Crinan is very close now, right after the next news. He'll be here with the 70s show right through until midday. And I do want to mention that Let's Talk Gardening this morning has been brought to you by Soil Solver, Landscape Industries Association Product of the Year. Remember, the answer is always in the soil. Right, Faye? True, true. And so is the mycorrhizal fungi and all the mini beasts and life. It's actually the zoo beneath our feet, Chris. Yeah, yes, yes. I've heard that many times and I'm, I'm with you 100%. The more I look at gardens, the more I'm amazed by what is beneath my feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've covered so much this we morning, have. haven't we? And some great interviews too. Really excellent. Yes, the- Everything's buzzing out there, lots to see and do. And, of course, we, we spoke to Clive Blazy from the Diggers mm. Club about mm. his new book, We Speak for the Trees. And that inspired an email from Andrea P, who lives in success, and she claims that although blocks are getting smaller, we can still have trees. On her 485-square-metre block, she has planted 10 trees. What so, time did she say? Uh, Doesn't really she, matter. She didn't say in yeah. this short email, but it just shows it can be done. And deciduous trees are amazing. We've talked about crepe myrtles this morning, yes. golden shower trees. To, to sit under a tree canopy yes. and at it's night joy. when it's lit up mm-hmm. just brings another like element that. to Don't a Don't you the way people put um, these little small lights around the trees? It makes them so interesting, mm. and particularly around the trunk. I, I like the ones that will give you the same effect mm. without the wiring. Oh. Because I like to be able to prune and there are some that are a laser and they'll put they'll put all those lights up into your tree. No wires. Interesting. <laughs> Sneaky. Well, there's also we should remember we had a chat to Andrew about the garden festival tomorrow. Yes, that's on Kalamunda Garden Festival, eight to twelve tomorrow. It is at nine no, it is November the 5th at, no, it's not, What's the, whatever the date is 21st. tomorrow. It is at 5 Barber Street That's in right. Kalamunda. And, of course, Open Gardens WA have their last event for the year. It is a ticketed event with more information available at Open Gardens WA. And it is the home and garden of Ross Burnett, a landscape designer and horticulturalist. And you were saying this is so popular. Today is even sold out. Yes, yes. And well, you're not it's limited limited numbers. It's a catered event and he will be giving talks, so the numbers are limited. And you'd be there except you've got a family event tomorrow. Well, actually that's what I've got on as well. I had I've booked my tickets. Uh-huh. We are going there tomorrow. Oh good. <laughs> so you were going. I got you mixed up with the Calamunda Fair, of course. of course. What a morning it has been. I really enjoyed Clive first thing this morning, I must say. 
and I thought it was extraordinarily good. Anything to be watching out for in the garden? Notes before we go? Tips for the week? Just with the watch, rain coming? watch out for the warm weather and gardening now is, you know, it's sort of switching to mm-hmm. summer survival. Mm-hmm. So put your plants in place. Check your sprinklers. That'll be on my list this week. Uh, make sure that all your sprinklers are unblocked. Your retics working all right. Set your timer. Uh, 20 minutes and up, three times a week? Well, it depends, Chris, because if you've got a fruit tree and you've got a dripper on it for 20 minutes, how much water is that delivering? You know, you you need copious amounts of water mm-hmm. for fruit trees if you expect copious amounts of fruit. <laughs> Good. I'll keep that in mind. It's been a joy to work with you this morning and to be on the program while Ray takes a break. Faye, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for guiding me through. Oh, thank through you. the garden of it's delight. It's been a pleasure. We will be back. Ray will we be back next week. We will have Heath Oakley from Rich Grow, right. and we'll be talking about potting mixes. And I will leave you with the quote from The Lorax by Dr. Seuss. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. No, it's not. Thank you very much. Been a great joy. Faye and Marie back next week talking gardening at uh, 8 o'clock next Saturday morning. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.